0: are Locked On Trailblazers. Your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a Monday Christmas Eve edition of the Locked On Blazers podcast. I am your host, Eric Garcia Gunderson, writer and editor at LeBron Wire, former Blazer beat writer at the Vancouver Columbian, and of course your host here on Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Blazers had a couple of games since I last potted. I was at the game on Friday night where they suffered their worst home loss in the 14 years since 2004 against the utah jazz as they lost by 30 and basically just got completely uh dominated in that game portland's ball movement wasn't very good they their three-point defense was awful uh they were just giving up open three after open three to mostly utah's bench kyle corver jay crowder uh, lots of lots of setup work from Dante Exum in there, and the three-point defense has been bad. But uh, just before they head to Salt Lake City, where they will play once again tomorrow on Christmas Day for the first time since I believe, so it's almost been 10 years since the last time that the Blazers were on a Christmas Day game, and... They had a a really thrilling game last night, and this time they came out on the good side of it as they defeated the Dallas Mavericks last night, 121-118. Dallas has actually been a surprisingly good team this year. They're in the mix for the playoffs this year, in large part because of rookie phenom Luka Doncic, who... uh, had you know, he, he kind of had a didn't have a great shooting game seven for 21, two of seven from three. But he made one big one at the end of regulation with 0.6 seconds left in the corner over Mo Harkless. And and Harkless, to his credit, with looking good in this game, this was a good Harkless night for him, and and that was uh very positive. But that was one that where. Luka just kind of got away from him and hits this fadeaway three-point floater Uh, even Damian Lillard had some comments after the game that as soon as he let it go he knew it was going in it was just one of those shots and it was it was spectacular it was probably the play of the night uh, in the NBA I think it led SportsCenter uh, just because of how great it was but while the great play went to rookie Luka Doncic The win went to the Trailblazers as Damian Lillard had 33 points and 7 assists in this one. C.J. McCollum with one of the more solid games that he's had in a while with 22 points, 5 rebounds, and 5 assists. As I mentioned, the Harkless game was good. Nurkic also filling up the stat sheet and being productive in several ways with 10 points, 12 rebounds, and 6 assists as well as 2 blocks. Um... And, and Portland also m- managed to take care of the ball for the most part. Both teams with just 10 turnovers. Uh, that's that's pretty good, uh, keeping it down there. Portland won the game despite shooting only 29% from the three-point line. And really, th- they, they withstood, you know, when plays happen like that at the end of a game, it's hard, it's kind of easy to lose momentum and kind of, let the other team take control of the game and credit to Portland. They, they kept their foot on the gas and they were able to, to get out of there with a win before they head out onto the road to play Utah again. Uh, Myers Leonard with another really good game. He had five fouls, but he was productive. He had 13 points, six rebounds. Uh, Dwight Powell was it was a problem for the Blazers last night. He had 14 points, and the the Dallas bench was a major problem for Portland in their game earlier this month when the the Mavericks. Totally dominated them for the most part, except for a a late Blazers, what I called a, a late fake Blazers comeback. But that did not happen in this one. Everyone kind of contributed. They were able to withstand a bad night from Evan Turner where he went one of nine, which I don't feel like I've I've said that a lot, where they're able to win when Evan Turner has a bad game, but Seth Curry continuing to maybe Round into form a little bit. This is his, you know, third or fourth good third game in about a week, and it, it feels like we didn't really have a lot of those. I, I talked about it earlier in the season when he was shooting some awful percentage from the two point area. I think he was shooting like eighteen percent. But the one encouraging thing is that Portland was playing really well when he was on the court, and last night, whereas they didn't win in his minutes, he produced in those minutes, and that helped. I think counteract some of the uh, bench play from the 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 Mavericks bench. So uh, Curry, it seems like he he might be finding a rhythm right now, and that is as good as that's as good as a trade or or a signing, you know, to get the Curry that they thought they were getting back uh it would be nice and 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 I think we're starting to see that a little bit and and see the type of shooter he is the type of creator he is and you know when they looked at this in the Blazers front office you know this is an upgrade to Shabazz Napier and for the first couple of for the first two months of the season really it, he he didn't look like like he was better than Shabazz Napier and I and I think that was partly because of the injuries and him missing an entire year of basketball last year but I do think it is encouraging that he's starting to look more like the player that the Blazers envisioned when they signed him and uh, that could mean really good things for the Blazers moving forward and just to have that kind of competent play and also you know credit to the Blazers you know this is just who they are you know they 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 have they lay an egg one night and then they come back and get a, a gritty tough win the next and and that's just kind of what this team is and you just got to hope that the, the the goods outweigh the bads mostly and they they have for the most part this season you know Portland's record is is still pretty good at 19 and 14 they are tied right now with the los angeles lakers who had a home loss last night to memphis and so portland's three and a half games out of first right now the nuggets are at 21 and 14 so while i've been hard on portland i i got i think i got pretty negative there around the end of thanksgiving and into uh these basically before that toronto game uh you know, I I but I w- I was pretty negative, and even though this Blazers team has struggled, you know, they've gone six and four in their last ten. That maybe they they could be turning things around. They've done a good job mostly holding serve at home. They're thirteen and five at home. They could improve on the road, and they're gonna get some more road opportunities here coming up. But I think that you know you gotta give them credit for bouncing back last night and not letting these um, these stumbles manifest into a snowball uh you know you look at some other teams in the west like new orleans where they have a superstar player and they've had some some injuries and and things like that and 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 they lose at home to miami and they lose it you know they 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 have these losses where you just scratch your head and and for the most part this week Ever since they got back from that Clippers game, you know they finished those three games at home two and one, and you know that's the kind of winning percentage you need at home. You got to win at least two out of three every time you you host somebody. And uh, to their credit, they've done that. So uh, while I've been hard on them, I've been disappointed in them at times. I think you know, considering where they are right now before Christmas, it's a pretty good spot to be. And the West, it's gonna be super tight right now. So, and but you know, whereas even though it's a very short gap between where Portland is and where New Orleans is, you know, it's about you know three and a half or four and a half games that Portland isn't down there is encouraging and anybody that is down in that vicinity between 10 and 14 or 9 and 14 wishes they were in the playoff picture that's just how it goes but you you can't get too caught up in it but at the same time I think uh, Portland deserves credit I think obviously that starts with Dame that starts with the the team that they have that they're able to kind of throw away those those really crappy performances and 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 start fresh and so uh, this Blazers team's ability to move forward and not really get bogged down in uh, their own rhythm of playing I think you know we might latch onto that as as viewers more than they do themselves because they're always thinking about the next play and the next. Game and, and and all that stuff. So you know, to their credit, they've they've taken care of business and uh, it helps them get that really bad taste out of their mouth from that Utah game, which was was really bad. I mean, it was it started off bad. They lost shooters at the beginning of the game. Uh, it it was bad. So uh, we're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna talk about something that's going on with the Blazers' defense that. I'm not sure how, if it, how much of it is the Blazers' defense and how much of it is is luck, but we'll talk about that when we come right back, and then we're going to look ahead to uh, the Christmas Day game and the Christmas Day games. Uh, I think it'll be fun to look ahead at, at, at the, the slate for all NBA fans, including uh, the Blazers on Tuesday. So we'll be right back with more Locked on Blazers. And we're back here on Locked on Blazers. It is Christmas Eve. And after the Blazers got some presents last night, they got some coal the other night, I do want to talk about something that has been, and it's kind of a, it, it, it's a weird conversation because among people, it's about Portland's three-point shooting. Let's start there. But among a lot of uh, anal- the analytics community online, the, the, the notion of three-point defense there's a there's been an ongoing debate for a while now about how much three-point defense is actually reflected on the defense. Because a lot of three-point shots unless it's, you know, Dame or Steph, you know, the or Campbell Walker, you know, those are those are those passes around the perimeter in and out inside out passes that get you an open three-pointer. And most of those times those shots are open. So There is a debate among people who do these analytics way more seriously than I do, and you know they create their own analytics and they got their own spreadsheets and they got their own algorithms about whether it's luck or not, whether three point shooting is luck, and and it's kind of a hypothesis. Obviously, it's not. It's just a question that gets thrown around. And so, I asked Damian Lillard after the Utah game what he thought about that and you know his answer was pretty interesting to me i thought uh with you know given portland's really uh incredible numbers right now on their opponents three point percentage when i wrote for the associated press on friday portland was 29th in the league in opponents three point percentage and that is actually now they are dead last in the league in opponents three-point shooting percentage. The Blazers' opponents are shooting almost 38% on three-pointers this season, and that is way up from last year's mark, where last year they were – well, not from last year's mark, but from this year – Counteract that with Portland's three-point percentage as a team. They're eleventh in three-point percentage, and uh, the the jump has been pretty pretty significant for Portland. And it's just really been uh, a, just a bugaboo for them. And I think that's one of the big reasons why. The lineup with the starting lineup with Mo Harkless has has not played well because the teams are shooting the three against them and teams are scoring against them by shooting the three. And so I asked Damian Lillard about that. I had this quote in my story with the Associated Press, and he says, We've given up a high percentage of threes and they shot them well. It's the NBA. I don't know how much you can say it's luck. It's the NBA. You give up those looks, guys are going to make them. Teams have been hurting us with it. Uh, After the game, Terry Stotts said that the Blazers really need to take ownership of the fact that teams are shooting the three really well against them. And sometimes it's the little things. I think that's what I saw against Utah, especially in the end of that first quarter where Zach Collins in a matchup against Jay Crowder just didn't pick him up in transition. He was he was treating him like he was about to guard him as a big man, and I think that's gonna be one adjustment for Portland to make. Maybe not necessarily the personnel, but just Collins understanding, and that was his first game against Utah this season, but that's Collins needing to understand who his personnel is. And that's and that's really uh to me one of the big things this year in the nba especially with the pace and then also with everyone trying to switch and everyone kind of everything is changing on the fly mid-possession all the time and so your your attention to detail in the possession has to be impeccable at all times from second 24 of the possession until the end and early on in that game against utah that didn't happen uh Collins losing Crowder on a couple of open threes and just losing shooters in general. I mean, it was just really bad miscommunication all around and not just miscommunication, but it was also at least in the term in the in the case of Collins early in that game, it was just not doing your job. And so uh and, and Collins being a young player, that stuff's going to happen. It's also Crowder, like I said, a player, a type of player that he doesn't really match up that much against, especially when Portland goes with this two towers lineup thing uh, with him and Myers. And so that just has to be better attention to detail. Maybe that it's on Christmas and it's a big game and it's a nationally televised thing and it's everybody, every basketball fan in the world is watching – maybe that'll change maybe that'll make things better for portland especially against that utah bench but for me that was what i saw in that game but sometimes it's you know it's not it's it's not closing out hard enough it's not uh trusting each other with their rotations on the defensive end and portland has done a pretty good job of defending and i don't think they really have any bad defenders on the team anymore dame i think was the biggest liability but for the last two years really he has been very good defensively so um i think at the end of the day it kind of comes down to everyone doing their job and then B, just having better help and sometimes you see it out there with the defense where they're able to help and they're able to rotate and a lot of times the bench has done a really good job of that and they need to do a better job but the, the starters also need to do better and you know, it could be some some bad luck at, at the same time, but they do. I think they have some room to grow there. And hey, if that opponent's three-point percentage starts coming down, while I don't think it's going to solve all of Portland's problems, that will certainly give them a, a better chance to win. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how that improves, if it improves, uh, over this second half of the season now, and that. Kind of this kind of next half of the season. I know that the new year is around the corner, but I think really after Christmas is really when a new part of the NBA season starts. So we're going to talk about how Portland starts that off tomorrow in Utah, and then we're going to wrap this one up before we go have Christmas Eve and Christmas and all that. Hello, and welcome back to our last segment for today's Locked On Blazers. It is Christmas Eve. And the Portland Trailblazers are playing on Christmas again. and uh, It's been a long time. I, it, it seemed like it, they were on at Christmas when I was a kid all the time, when I was very little. And then when I got into middle school was right when the Blazers kind of sucked. And then right around high school, they started to get good again, kind of, and into college a little bit. They were playing on Christmas Day as well for me. Uh, so uh, the last time the Portland Trailblazers played on Christmas was 2010. It was a 109-102 loss to Monte Ellis and the Golden State Warriors. Uh, pretty, that's a that's a throwback right there. Seth, Steph Curry was was two for 15 in that game and played only 29 minutes compared to Monte Ellis's 46. Um, and I just read the AP story after the game. It's like he's our guy talking about Monte Ellis, which is like, whoa, that did that didn't last very long. But uh, God, some of the names on this Blazers team from 2010: Wesley Matthews, Andre Miller. Marcus Camby, Nicholas Batum, Lamarcus Aldridge, yet Dante Cunningham, Patty Mills, Rudy Fernandez coming off the bench. I mean, some some classic names right there, some classic guys for the Blazers right there. It is gonna be Portland's 18th Christmas Day game ever. They are 14 and 3 all time on Christmas, which is almost the best winning percentage. In the NBA, uh, the best winning percentage is currently held by the Miami Heat, who are 10 and 2 on Christmas. So Portland historically pretty good on Christmas. Uh and they're coming off a loss from in their last game. And this is going to be the nightcap of the NBA's Christmas Day schedule. Starts at 9 a.m. with Milwaukee and New York, which the Knicks suck, but our old friend Noah Vonley is going to be there. Definitely can watch him, and and the Bucks are really, really good and really, really fun. If you haven't gotten to see the Bucks play, uh, I know it's nine o'clock. I know it's early. I'm sure you have other things to do, presents to open, and uh, you know, champagne to drink, and, and and cinnamon rolls to eat, and all that stuff. But watch, watch the Bucks. They're they're pretty good. Watch, watch Brooke Lopez, jack some threes up from thirty from thirty one feet, and it's. Uh, it, it it's it's joy to the world watching Brook Lopez, and of course Giannis is is just a phenomenal player. Then uh, after that, you have OKC and Houston, which maybe not the most fun teams to watch, but obviously with Houston playing a little bit better, they're back in the playoff picture, and Oklahoma City, who has been, I think, a surprise to a lot of people. Uh, with how well they've played and how much they've been winning, especially with how much time Russell Westbrook has missed, you know they've been. That's the uh, the Melo left us. The, the we're Melo left and we're all doing better. Bowl uh, with OKC in Houston, and then at two thirty, uh, Philadelphia Boston, which I'm not really that excited about. Uh, to be honest with you, uh, you know Boston hasn't been playing well. Horford's been in and out of the lineup. I don't know how Jimmy Butler adding Jimmy Butler to that matchup should be good, but, uh, I don't know. I, I think we're going to see it enough in the playoffs that I don't really, I'm not really that excited about seeing it right now. Uh, Philadelphia, Boston, cause I know we're going to get a series and I, and I feel like, I feel like I just watched that playoff series and, and I, we really did. But, uh, so that's the 2:30 game. Then the five o'clock game is golden state against the Lakers which is going to be the NBA's marquee game of the night. Obviously, LeBron James and the Warriors, that will make it make it happen. And then, finally, it is the Blazers and Jazz in the nightcap in Utah. I think it's going to be an 8.30 tip in Utah, because it's a 7.30 tip out here on the West Coast. As I mentioned, the Blazers got rolled the other night when I was at the Utah game on Friday, so... Portland's definitely going to be looking for some modicum of revenge. Also, Utah being in the division, and while they are only sixteen and seventeen right now, they uh, you know they're they're going to be in the mix for or sixteen and eighteen. Excuse me, they're going to be in the mix in the division all season long. And while divisions don't really matter as much as they used to, when it comes to tiebreakers, they really do matter. So. Uh, Portland's obviously going to want to get a win to just kind of bounce back after Utah really dispatched them the other night. And then also, uh, this is a big game that has implications down the line. So, uh, or that likely will have implications down the line. We don't exactly know. But uh, hey, uh, with, with Utah, I think Portland really has to stay disciplined on their shooters. They can't just let the, they either can't, Allow such easy dribble penetration off of the pick and rolls, or they've just got to be a little bit better in their shell and and be a little bit more disciplined on shooters. The things that I mentioned about Collins and and Crowder, and then the all the other thing is Corver. I mean, you're, you're gonna be you can't just close Corver out to the three because he can he can hit that pull up. Mid-range two from the free throw line. This is a, a tough team, and they've gotten better since they got Korver. I mean, their last three games have been against Golden State, Portland, and Oklahoma City, and they've won two out of those three. And those are three of the top five teams in the West. So this team is good, and they're start. They're going to get a chance to fatten up at home, uh, starting with last or uh, Saturday night's loss to Oklahoma City they were going to start a stretch of 12 of 17 games at home so i think they're looking at this stretch to to kind of fatten up but uh portland has an opportunity to to get a quality win on the road and while it wouldn't be an upset in terms of record it would be very impressive so we're going to be back with you after christmas day have a great holiday and we'll talk to you very soon be safe drive safe Enjoy everything and we'll see you next time.